Choose not to live in a world of filters. Realize your mistakes. Set the foundation for your success. Get some wins. Knucklehead Podcast. Uh, all right, so I've got this recording. Hey, listen, welcome guys and gals. Yes, guys and gals. We have a message for both, both folks uh, here. This is Knucklehead Podcast. You got another message uh, coming at you today uh, from the Knucklehead Stephen. And uh, what's cool is I have with me a, um, uh, a veteran. And listen, I'm excited to have this guest talk to you because um, he just got done telling me that he's right at a year. And I can't tell you how many people have been in business for, for so many years that don't want to change. So many people who have wanted to start a business, but then they just decide not to. Um, but I love hearing about somebody who's, who's start to finish one year and they've been able to hit some of the milestones and benchmarks along the way that Derek has. So I got Derek Sisson with America Bourbon uh, here with me today. So Derek, uh, welcome to the show, buddy. How are you doing? Uh, I'm doing fantastic. Thank you so much for having me. Absolutely. Absolutely. Well, congratulations on the, congratulations, first of all, on the success uh, and just getting started at one year, but also largely for a lot of the accomplishments that you've been able to, uh, to take uh, or participate in up until this point. So good for you, man. Thank you very much. Um, tell us a little bit about, so America Bourbon, um, some people would turn their nose up to it. You know, they've got Deep Eddie Vodka and all the, the vodka things that are, that are uh, Austin specific. But uh, bourbon is one that, that seems to be resonating with a lot of folks. So tell us a little bit about America Bourbon, a little bit about you and, you know, your time in the service and, and, uh, and, uh, and how you kind of got to where you're at now, man. Sure, no problem. Um, I served in um, in the late '80s, early '90s, and uh, Second Force uh, Reconnaissance Company out uh, of Camp Lejeune, North Carolina. Um, Super five. When I uh, when I Super five, brother. So when I got out, um, just like a lot of guys, you know, trying to find my place uh, in the world. Yep. The um, the veteran community wasn't as connected as it certainly is now. Right. Um, social media has helped that unity. I think leaps and bounds. Um, but I was still in that generation when you got out, you just were out. Right. So, um, you know, some struggles, certainly finding my way. Um, I, uh, just fast forward quite a bit. Um, I ended up in a, a, a corporate job in Houston, Texas, working for a company, uh, doing sourcing, mostly fitness. So if you remember the lateral thigh trainer, that, that trainer that went like the stepper that went like this on television, <laughs> Are I was behind. I was behind some of that. Uh, wow. Uh, yeah, I think everybody had at least one or bought one at a garage sale some at some point in there. Did in you their want life. Chuck Norris and Christy Brinkley to be your advertisers at the time? Uh, that would be. It's, it's a product similar <laughs> to that. This woman <laughs> was. Uh, her name was Brenda Daykoff, blonde. You know, and and it, you know, the, it was like a stepper you could pull out from under your bed, and it would go sideways laterally. I guess you'd say. Yep. Everybody um, in Houston at that time was all either urban cowboy or. Uh, kind of what you were talking about there. Cool. Well, I mean, I, I'm not that old. <laughs> I was about I was about seven when Urban uh, Cowboy came out, but right I appreciate on. that, Steve. Thank you. No, very much. absolutely. I'm just messing. But uh, so my dad worked. My dad worked in downtown Houston there for a, a little while. My brother's actually graduated from Deer Park High School. Believe it. Oh wow! All right, so, over there, past the get down, past the get down, Dina. That's exactly right, man. Urban that's Cowboy. where that whole. That's where that whole Urban Cowboy reference came from. Exactly. Well, I pass, pass the get down, Dina. The it's, not, it's, it's not. It's not. It's not lost on me, despite my <laughs> yeah, my yeah. my tender my tender ripe age. No, I'm kidding. So, uh, no. so um, 
on the on the spirit side, I um, while I was working for that company selling things that moved well at garage sales after the initial purchase, um, I ended up uh, I was traveling a lot with that work and was going to Italy quite a bit. We also represent some Italian fitness products, and I always had an affinity for good Italian wines. Um, and while I was there, I I I, I made friends who uh, represented wineries or owned uh, some of your smaller boutique wineries. And um, they asked me, you know, we would really like to venture into the U.S. market. Can you help us? And I said, well, I know, uh, I know how to drink wine. I've certainly never been in the uh, distribution or import business or anything like that. And they said, well, it's pretty simple. We give you the cases of wine. You fly back and you take them to various distributors with our pricing. Let them try the wine. And if they like it. I guess we have distribution. We have nothing to lose. And I said, well, what's my compensation? They said, well, wine. We'll send you. You you, 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 you present one or two bottles. You keep the rest. I'm like, all right, perfect. Um, so wow. I actually got them some distribution. Um, and uh, so part-time, I was kind of doing the wine thing. And I said, well, this is a really interesting industry. So that led me to getting my import license. Um, started representing uh, some wines. Um, in Texas specifically, can I, can, I, can I stop you for a second? I, I, this, this is this is this is actually really central to the to the the whole thought process of, of not just entrepreneurship but sales and failure. Your your story there um, very easily you could have just said no. What 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 was it that you? That, I mean, at the time, whenever you decided to engage in that and that behavior, or in and go and, and find distribution, did did you find the first one, or how many times did you have to screw up before you actually figured it out? Obviously, it worked out well with your importing license, but let's 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 start back to when you first started. How did how did you conjure up the moral courage to do that? Um, there was a lot of failures, um, being that as I mentioned earlier, I didn't know anything about the industry. So um, I knocked on a lot of doors and, and got a lot of no's. Um, I just happened to have one particular product at San Grantino that a company called Serendipity, based out of Austin, actually took a runner on this particular bridal wine. That was kind of my entryway to the industry, so to speak. And um, wow. you know, at that point, that's when I, um, I, I really loved the industry. I was really kind of getting tired of punching a clock, so to speak. Yep. For sure. I, I wanted to, that I, I, my passion to be an entrepreneur uh, was there as soon as I left the military. But um, as a lot of us know, um, you know, I had a wife and a child, and you know that that priority comes first. So we can't always just jump in with both feet. Um, yeah. Sometimes you have to ease into it. You have to to uh, crawl, then walk, and then certainly run. So that kind of goes back to what I'm saying that. You know, as I had started doing the importing part time, uh, learned the ins and outs of the business, so to speak. But it didn't kick my ass, you know, so bad to where I was homeless if I went all in immediately. Totally. Yep. Uh, and, and so one, one of the things I discovered when I was in the wine industry is it's a, it's a cool industry. But if you've ever been down an aisle at a liquor store or a grocery store, there's a lot of wine. <laughs> there's a lot of competition. And the margins are pretty low on wine. So yeah. it, unless you're really passionate um, about wine and uh, you have a wealthy family and you, and, you're, and you don't mind losing money on a yearly basis, you might want to move into spirits where the margins are a little better. Competitive, but not as competitive as, uh, 
uh, as wine, and uh, uh, certainly a different uh, customer base. A little easier to satisfy with yeah. uh, bourbon than, than you know, 30, 40 different varietals of wine. Sure. What is that? Or sommelier, or, or is that is that the name of the people with the extra taste buds? I, I, I don't, I don't okay. know. Oh, yeah. The you go, that but when you go to these wine events, pretty much everybody believes they're a sommelier at the event. Oh, is that right? Oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. There's a, lot of, there's a lot of amateur sommeliers when they're, they're like, oh, you know. Of course, this smells good. Five dollar wine, and you know, after the first five or six tastings, you know, your palate's gone anyway. So, of course, you eat crackers and drink a little water. But it is it is fun to talk with with folks who can taste the difference and the subtleties between the differences. Uh, but after about ten or fifteen minutes, you're like, "Listen, hey, listen, that bottle that you were just sampling, why don't you just leave that here?" Right? Yeah, you know I mean? yeah. Yeah, that's, you're, that's what I said. I mean, when you first get go in, you can certainly taste the difference and, you know, and all the subtleties. But, you know, after, you know, five or six, seven booths, you know, <laughs> that kind of goes out the window for various reasons, right? I, well, there was... There in was, my first tasting, they didn't tell me that I was supposed to pour it, you know, pour it out to the port and rinse and what have you. So I was just like, down that. <laughs> that's what... That, see, the, even that story there. I mean, we have a we have a kind of a theme in our show. Uh, don't be beta, right? So um, you could make the assumption that somebody who owns a successful spirit distribution business, such as yourself, comes from corporate America, trained in the military, you know, reconnaissance uh, marine. Uh, that's incredible. Um, reminds me of you know being it. My wife gave me like an artichoke one time, and I started like chewing it as opposed to like you know. That's hey, listen. Don't be beta. You can't. You can't be afraid to fail and do it wrong. Yeah, that's what knucklehead is all about. Being yeah, a, absolutely a, not. And you know, I mean, it's 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 typical of a marine. I'm surprised you didn't start banging it against the wall. You know, <laughs> I almost or, did. I almost did. This? Or is this is this some kind of tool that I need to sort out here? Yeah, the way that she looked at me, it made me feel like I was, you know, I had something growing out of my forehead. But that's. You know, that's actually kind of a term of endearment. That's a, that's a, I guess that's a love thing. She just sat there and watched me do it and laugh. So anyway, I, I, I messed up your story. So you, um, you had kind of gotten to this decision point, right? And you made the decision. Um, was it a strategic decision? Did you talk to a mentor? I mean, how, how did you go about deciding to go into the bourbon game? Um, you know, my, my natural progression was when I had learned, I felt I had learned enough uh, as an importer and made enough mistakes. Um, I, I, the next step for me um, to try to actually make a living was to get my distribution license. Um, rep, and, and having that distribution license, which I did for five years, was basically some heavy duty on the job training. Yep. Um, I was representing other people's brands in Texas, building other people's brands. A lot of trips to the coin machine. I didn't. Uh, I went in with both feet, um, like a typical jarhead, and I didn't realize. Wow, you need trucks, and you need this, and you need the warehouse, and you that you know the, the there's a ton of compliance, and you know. But um, after doing that for five years, um, which would probably take most people about a year, after five years, I kind of figured out my maybe it's time to to do my own brand, and that's when the conception of um, America Bourbon came came to place okay through that through that on the job training so to speak um i learned where to source the best bottles um i learned about the compliance as i mentioned labels functionality price points just 
you know, now I've represented some veteran brands here in Texas. I helped them get them their start, like Lead Slingers and Heroes Vodka and a couple of those other ones. I that's was it. a distributor in Texas for well, that's. I think that that that's a that's another. I mean, lesson in itself. I don't. I don't want you to give away your secrets here on the show. Um, you know, and not that our listenership would go out and wreck or uh, just you know disrupt your disrupt you know disrupt your uh, your distribution there. But my my point is is that uh, willingness to go out there and continue to to um, overcome your failures and and have those mental synapses and then those breakthroughs, so to speak, actually earns you that opportunity to to run with a better you know cost of goods sold you know being able to haggle those prices with your vendors and just do all the what you did uh, to learn to, you know to have the distribution the way that you are and i just think that it's there's so many people that would have stopped maybe six months into their first year as opposed to going through the entire five years and complained about not having a brand or repping somebody else's and you just decided to kind of kick it in the teeth and and, and make it happen i just there's a lot of merit to that process it may seem messy, but I think that however you did it, it's it's working and you know, your first year of success has really proven that to be true. Is that wrong? Is there, is that just an observation that I'm making uh, to make it sound right? I think I think uh, I think you know we're always taught somewhat that suffering builds character. I think um, you know if, if if we're not overcoming and adapting, if we're not learning as we're going along, you know, then um then, then we're, we're going to set ourselves up for failure. Um, I think coming from the reconnaissance community, um, you know, quitting is not in your vocabulary. I mean, you go through emotional and, and physical um, suffering. And I think that kind of prepares yourself, um, you know, adventuring out on, on your own. And no matter, not just the reconnaissance community, but the military in general. I mean, you learn a lot of self-discipline. Um, you learn a lot of... Um, organizational skills and so forth. And you learn probably the, the biggest thing you can learn is perseverance, right? I mean, when things get rough, you just can't stop. A lot of trips maybe to the coin machine. It's a different kind of perseverance than what we had a lot of times in the service. Because in the service, right, unless we got into trouble, we knew we could count on a meal and we knew we were going to get that paycheck. And there was a lot of things that, that we could knew we could count on. Um, but once you jump in the entrepreneurial world, unless you, and if you're doing it full time, that's that's not the case, right? I mean, it's literally li, it's literally live or die. I mean, your next meal, you better be selling something. Yeah. Uh, I, I know, I know. A lot, I, I watch a lot of the podcasts, and I I see a lot of um, what a lot of the, um, the entrepreneurs are telling folks out there. No, if you're passionate about it, it's going to work out. You just have to have passion. No, you need to have some capital. The word, you know, you can't be undercapitalized. No, you have to have some knowledge. You don't go in the Marine Corps and all of a sudden they say, you know what? I like you. You're an E5. It yep. just doesn't, right? It's no, no. different than the entrepreneur. We, we got it. We picked up our rank in the military because we had to learn, right? We had to learn through those experiences. And Absolutely. I don't think, it, and we had to learn through hardship. And yeah. I don't think there's any differentiation between that and becoming an entrepreneur. It's that same organization discipline no quit attitude but being prepared and if you're undercapitalized and 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 you don't know the industry then you know what you're underprepared you wouldn't go into battle like that that's no a really good that's a really good it's a really good point i think the the access to information and the ability for folks to go from start to even accidental success in some cases is uh, is so readily available now that 
you bring up some really good points about processes, administration, and obviously the willingness to move forward. You can't steer a parked car. So as your willingness to go out there and, and risk it, obviously you're going you're going to reap the rewards if things are adequately planned. That's um, right. I can tell you right now, after after having failed uh, in business, meaning uh, we went out of business, I, we had some assets to sell, so we were able to scrape together some pennies on the dollar for our money. But my point is, is after having failed and having a wife and child uh, to be responsible for, actually two at the time. It's it's humbling and and gut wrenching to have to go and and work for somebody else, but then also at the same time you also have the ability to take those skills and leverage it to earn yourself respect back and potentially go at it again somewhere else. And and that's that's what get some wins is, and that's what don't be beta means because it it is alpha to be able to go out there and and do what you're talking about, risk it all, screw up, but also follow a plan when in some cases that plan um, is difficult to execute on and it's difficult to, to, to compete against other people who are adequately planning and trying to compete against you. It's, that's the world, you know, that's the marketplace of business. And that's what, so makes successes like yours. So, so fun to highlight in my, in, in my opinion. Yeah. Thank you, Stephen. And I think um, you would concur that there's a, a lot of people within whatever industry you venture into that have been in that industry, that have made a lot of mistakes, that are more than happy to give you free advice if you're willing to listen. Um, being a dumb jarhead, I, I didn't take that advice, right? I was just, you know, let me just jump in. I can handle this. And, I've been to uh, war. I can, I've been through recon school. I can yeah, do when you get out of the core, you, you know, you kind of think you're hot shit, you know, and you can just sort it all out. That's not the case. Well, I was a logistician. You were the hot shit recon guy. So. Huh? No, I said you, you, that was you. You were the recon guy. I was the logistician poke. No, I'm just. Oh, I, we're all important. Brother. <laughs> we're all riflemen. Right on. Sure, brother. Man. Yeah. Awesome. We, I was in the era in the Marine Corps, you know, recon was certainly uh, looked at just as another job. Right. And I still look at it that way. I know uh, the times have changed quite a bit and uh, you know, they, with BRC and whatever that looks like, we went through the same training, but um under General Gray, we were just—it was just a completely different job. That was all it was. Is we're doing reconnaissance, and this gentleman has his job. This one has his job. So Absolutely. that kind of scares me a little bit. That you know, because the Marine Corps used to all be like that, right? I mean, just kind of a an even playing field. So it's kind of scary when when people get different, you know, different things for their. Um, medallions, I guess you'd say, for their uniforms and what have you, no, because I, I think the Marine Corps is all about esprit de corps. Absolutely. Right? And, yep. no, and every man, every Marine's a rifleman, and we all just have a job to do. Yeah. So, uh, well, you yeah. largely touched on that, just willingness to help. You know, people, people are, you know, whether it, whether it be a, a coach on the range or an entrepreneur who has several more years of success than you do, they've got years under their belt. They've got time-saving valuable information for you to go out there. So uh, maybe that's a good point to, to wrap on and, you know, where you're, where you're talking about how you, you put yourself out there and that willingness to, to, to not take advice. But then all of a sudden there was a, there was a point, I'm not sure when that was where you decided, you know what, I am going to go get some help. Can you talk about that or, or is that just a misinterpretation on my part? No, that's absolutely right. It's probably my third uh, trip to Coinstar over at uh, HEB. That I said, you know what, I should really start finding out and listen to some of these people that are willing to help me. I'm getting yeah. tired of making, and you know, the, about the second time they locked my doors to the warehouse, you know, 
getting a call on Easter, like where's the rent money and what have you. So, yeah, I mean, I, I think, you know, you get kicked around a little bit. That's when you start really seeking help. But you shouldn't have to do that. Right. Yeah. I mean, it's readily available. And if you if you plan your plan things correctly, you'll, you'll be able to execute a lot more efficiently. That's valuable advice there, Derek. That's uh, that's fantastic. Well, um, you know, we've talked a little bit about it. We've alluded to some of the successes that you've had. Uh, tell people uh, where can they find uh, America Bourbon? How can they support you? How do they get in touch with you? Or how, how can they go and and uh, and participate in the success that you've been having? I appreciate that. Um, they can always go to uh, www.america, without the A, bourbon.com. And, uh, of course, you can find us on Instagram and Facebook, uh, Twitter, under the same name, America, America Bourbon. America. Love it. That's awesome. Well, uh, you heard it here, folks. America Bourbon. Uh, this has been Derek Sisson, uh, who started the business, largely uh, went through a lot of um, uh, trial and error to get to where he is now. And so you can learn a lot from uh, those experiences. But two key points, got himself some wins, figured out how to overcome those those past mistakes. And he wasn't beta about the process. He wasn't. Uh, he didn't tuck his tail between his legs and go follow somebody else just for the sake of not being able to take a risk. He went out there and made it happen. So uh, kudos to you for making that happen, Derek. I appreciate you taking some time uh, today to talk with us and then uh, telling us how to support you. So you heard it, www.americabourbon.com. And, and I also uh, want to say one more thing. Yeah, uh, what's up? Cut up that, um, you know, um, you guys can reach me on the Facebook page if okay. you guys need any help. Um, if, you're a, if you're a veteran entrepreneur or just entrepreneur in general, don't be afraid to uh, reach out to me anytime. And uh, if I can be of assistance, I definitely will be. That's fantastic. Well, uh, a true gentleman uh, making himself available there. That's uh, that's a, a nod to his character. So thank you very much for making that offer available. Uh, you heard it here, folks. Again, Knucklehead Podcast, we got new episodes coming at you every Tuesday. So stay, uh, stay tuned. Uh, that's not necessarily foreshadowing to where you can find us on iTunes, but you can. You can find us there. Uh, again, if you want to fall asleep quickly, watch our YouTube channel um, or check out videos on our Instagram uh, you can check us out there. We're at Knucklehead Podcast, Knucklehead Promotions on LinkedIn. Uh, listen to us every Tuesday, either on your favorite podcast listening app or on iTunes. So appreciate you, Derek. Thank you very much for your time. Thank you so much. I appreciate it. Absolutely. Absolutely, guys. Have a good rest of the day. We'll see you guys. You Take care.